you know, they didn't tell me how long I was supposed to be up here. So y'all, you know, y'all wave at me, throw something at me. I'm okay. Amen. Testing, testing. Am I good there? So uh, hello to those who don't know me. Uh, my name is Tony Shaw. I'm from McKinney, Texas. Well, I'm actually from Mississippi by way of Texas. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I like my afternoon sunny and my tea sweet. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Y'all, y'all trying to get me with this little slight cold front, but I'm hanging in there. Amen. Um, David, Pastor David, man, I love you. I mean, I just, ever since the Lord connected us, you know, uh, I'll do anything for David. I really would. I mean, God needed us together like Jonathan and David, and we met. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Can I take a couple minutes just talking about this? I mean, um, I was going through a faith fight. By the way, um, I'm anointed to do what I'm called to do tonight. Some of it you may not like. Some of it you may struggle with. But if I can get you past the fear of what the world says about you and make you understand who you really are, you're going to take your place of authority and walk through. Amen. Now, to do that, I'm going to move you past the tradition of what they taught us growing up. Thank God for that foundation. Amen. But move you into the empowerment of what the disciples were being taught by Christ so that we can function and operate in the word with efficiency and consistency without any delay. Now, the only somebody who's going to get mad is going to either be the devil or somebody who's already ready to give up, cave in, and quit. And if you stay long enough, I'm going to get you past that as well. Amen? Before I ever became a pastor, I, was, I learned to use the word. I'm going to say that again. Before I ever became a pastor, I learned to use the word. And I grew up in church. Okay? I grew up in church, in a traditional church. My family was the church. My mom was on the auxiliary committee. My dad was a deacon at church. My mom used to make the tuna fish sandwich, cut the crust off the side of them, used to put the punch bowl with the ice cream, hang the cups on the side of the rim with the little pink, green, yellow mints and the red skin peanuts. And we went to church all the time, but there was no power in our home because we had the form of godliness, but the power and manifestation because there was a lack of understanding of what God intended for us to be and so we, we placated it. I, and listen, I thank God for my family. First of all, I thank you that they did take me to church. So I had a foundation of that. I had salvation. But there's more to it than that. But it requires you to engage and to be able to do something. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I was going through a faith fight. I was coming from the gym one afternoon. And I didn't even know who Bishop Ben Jabert was. I had never heard of him before in my life. Um, I saw a, I was watching, I think, Dr. Hilliard or something, and I, and I was listening to him, and he gave mention to this thing, and then I heard the Lord says, I want you to send uh, Dr. Hilliard a seat. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. Um, and we were standing at the time for tuition for one of my sons. I have four children, three in college, one that's in high school, and, uh, you know, God has been enabling us through grace to pay for it. Amen? And so we had a small college fund that was left, two of them in school at the same time, and I'm praying over what we had, saying, Lord, believing, you know, supernaturally grow it. Amen. Okay. Okay. I'm at church. Okay. Amen. And so the Lord says, send Dr. Hilliard a seed from that. I said, okay. You know, and so y'all know how we do when we say a seed. We don't even ask him how much. We calculate it ourselves. And so that's what I did, right? I mean, I was like, okay, I'm going to send Dr. Hilliard $100. Amen. Praise God. 
Come on now, y'all know y'all act like that's, that was a big C. Not a big C. I'm going to help you with that tonight in a minute. And then he gave a short story about something and a person standing, and he mentioned Bishop Ben's name. It's approximately 1730 in the afternoon Central Time. I hear Bishop Ben's name, and I hear the Spirit of the Lord says, take the remaining of the college fund and offer it to me through Bishop Ben. I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. I mean, I'm tired. I just finished working out. It's fatigue talking. I know it's not the Lord. Well, I'm being honest. I mean, I'm trying to grow it. I ain't trying to take more from it. And so I came up with this litany of a list. I mean, I'm going, I said, well, Lord, you know, it's already 1730 and they're an hour ahead of us. That means it's 1830 there. They're already gone. I don't have anybody to call. I don't know what the schedule's like. I said, I don't even know him. And I said, you know, I'm not even one of his spiritual sons. I said, I know this is not you because it does not make good sense. <laughs> Wisdom and sense are not always the same thing. And so the Lord says, go find the newest suit you have, newest pair of shoes, shine your shoes. Like you were going to go before the colonel. I'm a 25-year military officer, so I explain some of that as we kind of go through it. And he says, and present yourself as if you're about to go through inspection. And he says, and take the absolute best that you have. He says, and take the full offering and present it to him. I said, look, but he didn't know me. So I get on it. I go home, tell my wife, because she's going to be the second voice of wisdom. She says, baby, you're crazy, right? And she said, well, if that's what the Lord said. <laughs> the Lord said. <laughs> Help me me get out of this, you know, anyway. So I go through all this. To make a long story short, um, I booked a flight. I called and said, hey, I need to go to Detroit the next day. I don't have to tell many of you that. That's a pretty expensive flight. The lady told me it was going to be $1,800. And I heard the Spirit of God says, that's not the flight. I hung up the phone. I called back and told the lady, hey, I'm trying to catch this flight. And the lady told me, she says, I just can't find anything. And then she kept telling me, she says, I'm the queen of one more thing. I taught a, I taught a, a series on that. And she says, let's find another way. I said, let's find another way. Wow. And so she just kept going through. She kept going through. And to make, she, she found me a ticket for $237. I had to leave at 530 in the morning, which means that I had to spend the night at a hotel at the airport, say more money. And then when I finally did get here, I took my suit with me and my shoes, and I pulled into the parking lot. And I get there a little early. Nobody's there. And when they open up, you know, so I've already put my suit on. So now I got to go in and not look crazy but yet be in faith. So I walk in. I had a nice looking suit on, so I didn't at least look like I was a maniac, you know. And so I said, excuse me, I said, um, I'm here to see Bishop Ben. And she says, uh, do you have an appointment? Uh, I said, no, ma'am, I don't have an appointment. She says, you know, Bishop books like two months in advance. I said, yes, ma'am, I understand that. And I said, and I will tell you because of who I am, I know that I'm breaking protocol. I said, but, um, I said, the Lord told me to come. She said, huh, what? Because there's other people sitting in the, in the thing. You know, I said, um, the, the Lord told me to bring you an offering. Oh, so she handed me an envelope. She said, stick in an envelope. But that's not what the Lord told me. Because the Lord says, you're going to go, you're going to see him, you're going to present it to him. And she said, okay, can you have a seat? So I have a seat, and she calls folks. And she's talking on the phone. She's like, I mean, I quote, no, he don't look like he's going to try to hurt Bishop or nothing. You know I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking I'm sitting right here. I'm like, I hear you. She's like, no, he don't have any crazy look. He don't look like he's mad. He's smiling at me right now. 
And so, you know, so I'm sitting there, man, okay. And she says, okay. So she sends an email to his administrator. And then by the grace and power of God, she CC'd him in the note. The administrator called back, says, Bishop's booked. He has a solid schedule. When do you leave up? Well, my flight left the next morning because in order to get the $200 flight. Well, Bishop saw the email, called and says, hey, my afternoon just cleared up. Tell him if he can be back at 2.30. I said, ma'am, I don't have any go. I can stay here on the couch. She's like, <laughs> she said, no, you can't stay on the couch. <laughs> I was like, well, I said, I want more. She said, no, go eat something. Go do something. She says, restaurants over there and everything, you know. So I said, okay. So I, I did. I go in. I meet Bishop, and I get there, and the first thing I did was apologize to him. I said, I'm, I know I'm breaking protocol. I said, please let me offer my apologies before I even say anything else. I said, I'm a 25-year military veteran. I said, I'm a pastor myself. And I said, I truly do believe in the process of protocol. And this is what he said to me. He says, there's protocol. He says, then there's a providential engagement that can only be set by destiny. He says, in the 25 years of ministry and as an executive, I've never seen God clear my schedule for anyone. He says, if nothing else, you have enough faith to come see me. I presented the offering. He laid his hands on me, and he said, you thought you came to bring a seed. He says, but this is what you came for. And then he spoke something that I want you to hear. He says, God told me there were five people that over my lifetime that not only would I anoint and empower for the things that I've been called to do, and he says, and there are a lot of men of God that I've, I've discipled over the years. He says, but there would be five that would carry and receive both my anointings as a king and a priest. He says, I've always known who at least three of them were. I didn't know who the last two, you are one of them. Hold that thought. He didn't throw me out. I got a chance to meet him. God paid our tuition supernaturally, by the way, after that, about two weeks later, in full. Forty-five thousand dollars. That's just for one son. Amen. Amen. Now I walk. By the way, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So can I do a in, in, injection here, Pastor? I don't know you, but your words were so encouraging, and so I, I commit a seed to you. I, I, my wife's not with me, so I didn't bring my checkbook, but I will get address and everything, and I commit to send that to you and your ministry. Amen. Just when you spoke, I mean, just that I caught that. My spirit caught a hold of it, and. Uh, I want the transfer, so uh, I want to make sure that I do that and, and make sure it's it. I'm Tony, by the way. Nice to meet you, sir. Amen. Praise God. Okay. Now, uh, I, mean, I get excited. It don't take much to excite me, so you guys just kind of hang in there with me. Uh, I know it's not Friday night, but I mean, you know, it's not 10, so I mean, in the old days, you you know, you couldn't even get in free yet, and so... Um, <laughs> You guys plan to be here with me just for a little bit. I'm going to teach you some things. I'm going to stretch you, and I believe we're going to grow, okay? I left you a gift in my room. I know. So I'm going to give you this one until until I see you with yours. Amen. Because I can't receive until I first sow. And so the impartation of obedience requires for me to move, and the Holy Ghost said move. So amen. Amen. Praise God. See, that one's silver. Yours is gold. I think yours is similar to that one. So, amen. Praise God. So, I'll make sure I get it to you before you leave. Amen. Praise God. How many of you came to hear the word tonight? Amen. Truly do believe. 
I truly do believe I'm on assignment. I would do anything in the world for Pastor David. Uh, Pastor David sent one of his nephews to me, Cam. Hey, back there in the back. Um, uh, David, David called me. He says, my nephew's in Dallas. I said, what do you need? And so when he told me, I said, all right, I got him, just like he's my son. And uh, we, uh, at the time, I was working for uh, IBM at the time, who I was with for 15 years. We got him into the training program there, and now he's a young executive at IBM. Amen? Amen. Uh, and I don't say that bragging on me, but I'm going to set a protocol and a precedence and explain to you in the natural, since you don't know me, why you should listen. Uh, my dad had a sixth grade education growing up all of my life. My dad was one of the most mechanically inclined men I had ever met. And my mom was a seamstress at Carter's. You know, if they can just stay little to their Carter's wear out. And so my mom used to work, and her key word used to be, I have to make production. She was making about $2.10 an hour. And then when they made production, they could actually get a little bit of time and a half. I was not supposed to be as wealthy as I am, according to their statistics and their standards and their stereotypes, but yet grace, faith, and the power of God opened the door. And once I saw through it, I did not stop. And if you will follow the principles of the protocol, not of my words, but of his words, you can replicate it with consistency. But you cannot be lazy. You cannot give up. You cannot cave in. And I don't care how you feel about it because it's truth. Discipline yourself. Because diligence, it will be required. And it is the self-imposed disciplines on one without needing the aid of someone else to tell you to get up and pray. Well, I got a prayer partner. What do you mean you got a prayer partner? You got a prayer partner inside of you. Stop turning your clock on and get up. Amen. Okay. That was a little pastoral. Praise Lord. Okay. Okay. All right. Praise God. Now. David sent a text to all of us, said, hey, look, I got my invite. He already knew I was going to say yes. So, I mean, it just went, he already knew I was going to say yes. I mean, he can send a text. It didn't matter. I was going to say yes regardless and figure out a way to get here. And God worked our schedule out. So, in the natural. So, I grew up in a small town called Senatobia, Mississippi. Anybody know about it? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. About 35 miles south of Memphis, right off Interstate 55. Uh, I went to a county house school. Uh, really fortunate. I had some good teachers that were there. I fell in love with reading early as an age. Uh, it was my way of escape. Now, I read some stuff that I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be reading because I was an Ian Fleming's fan, so I loved all 007s, amen? And so I later realized later I wasn't supposed to be reading them, but hey, they were in the library. So anyway, and so with that love of reading, I learned to be able to visualize real quickly by just seeing words, and I'm going to teach you that tonight because that's going to be one of the most empowering things that you will be able to do. Now, you're going to have to be able to move past what you think if it doesn't line up with truth. Big Mama may love you, but Big Mama may not have always been right, and so you got to be able to separate the love for Big Mama and the instruction when it's not the right instruction because you can still love her, encourage her, and be like, yeah, Mama, you know, I know how it is, and at the same time still follow truth. Amen? Amen. Because the Bible has to be the foundation of truth of everything else. Because watch this. If not, then when you have a problem, you might be convinced that it's different for you than it is for somebody else. But if you believe in truth, truth stands and will not run. See, when you get a certain amount of training, by the way, yeah, I need to answer. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That's going to be clear. So I enlisted in high school when I was 17. I was a 31 Charlie, which is a communications person. 
And then once I got in, I joined in the military officers program. And then I later became a 12 alpha, which is in the cavalry. And then because I scored expert in my marksmanship, is guns bother y'all in Michigan? Oh, okay. I'm just checking. I hunt and stuff. So I just making sure I don't offend anybody. Amen. Okay. Y'all know what I mean. Long guns. Okay. And so, uh, I, I qualified as expert and I ended up going to sniper school and then I got selected to go into the Green Berets. So I was a special forces officer in the military. And I've been in 25 different countries for the military on different combats. And out of my team of 12, we never lost anyone. Amen. Amen. Now, of all my team that is back, I am probably one of two that still operate in what they consider a sane, a sane state. And I accredit all of that to the wow. word and the word of God. So, but I am going to talk to you about some, some training and some protocols that you need to understand that the military took straight from the Bible. And a lot of time what happens is, watch this, what's needed to be consistently perfected in the word, the church doesn't do, but the world does. And then they drop all the church off of it. And then they go sell it at Barnes and Nobles and for $19.99 a copy. All right. All right. I, I mean, and I, and I so can I tell, it's like Tony Robbins. I mean, I'm just using his name. Right. So Tony, I was in the library. My daughter needed to get two books. We went to Barnes and Noble, and I was like, okay, sweetie, we get the books so we can get ready to go. And she's getting the books, and I was I go over to the leadership section and reading through it, and I pick up one of Tony Robbins' books, and I'm going like, oh, I already know what scripture it is. And I flip through another page. I was like, hmm, I know that scripture too. And I flipped it. Now, he's not calling them as scripture. He's calling them keys. I picked up six of his books, and I could call out ten scriptures with ease. And he's selling a million copies a year. And yours dusty on your table, and you won't open it. Because if you truly and effectively, well, no, no, I, See, listen, you need to understand, tonight I'm your coach and not your cheerleader. So if you want somebody to make you feel better while you're going through it, the person next to you. But what I should say to you should be encouraging, empowering, and enabling. Because I'm not here to tear you down. I'm here to build you up. But I got to correct error if this error is there. And if it ain't you, you ain't got no reason to be offended. That don't make sense. Okay. Now, receiving the gift with the new covenant mentality. Tell your neighbors a new covenant mentality. So in other words, how many of you truly do believe that you've been in church for a long time, you've had some supernatural things happen, and then when you try to go repeat it, it seems like it's difficult? Anybody ever been there? I mean, like I had a breakthrough. I'm talking about a supernatural breakthrough. I was like, okay, God, yes, that right there. 24-7, that's me. I want to live. And here I am now. I still can't repeat it. Anybody ever had that experience? Why? Watch this. You receive knowledge on what needed to be done. You receive wisdom on exactly what to do but you did not gain understanding in how to repeat. Because, see, most of the time when knowledge and wisdom collide into one another, desperation can cause the collision. But because we're in such desperation, when the relief comes, we won't go practice it so that we can repeat it, and therefore the understanding is lost, and we count it as a faith victory instead of a faith lifestyle. Okay, hold on. Let's start with this guy. Okay, hold on. Let's start over. Rewind. Let's start back. Take your Bible in your hand, make confession of faith. Then we'll start with a scripture. Then maybe you'll feel better about it. Amen? amen. Okay, amen. Now, tell your neighbors, I can use this in the workplace. In the word, right? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. Say, so, Father, I thank you Father, for the power of your word, for the gift of grace, the of grace and the power of faith. And every faith fight I'm in, I'm equipped to win. I'm supernatural. I am a spirit. 
I love the faith fight, and I expect to win. Yeah, hallelujah. I expect to win. Glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, that's what I was born to do. That's what I was born to do. I'm born to win. Amen. All right, so now let, let's take a let's take a, a real quick look at some scriptures that I know you probably know. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to lay a quick foundation on this. Uh, why are we doing it? Can I go through a couple slides real quick and just kind of introduce myself in general? So uh, God provides. We started a new series there. Uh, that's my beautiful bride. She wasn't able to make it. That's us this year, our 29th wedding anniversary in Paris in front of the Eiffel Tower. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on. You can act like you'd be excited. Come on. All haters exit to the left. Praise God. My faith got me there. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. My faith kept her there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. You know. Just because they say I do on the wedding day don't mean they fully man out of boy stage yet. Amen? So God has to keep growing and developing. I thank God for it. So uh, wonderful four children. Thank God for it. And so I just love Regina was supposed to come with me tonight and cleaning and doing some stuff. She kind of slipped off the ladder and hurt her ankle. So that's the reason she's not there. And then uh, my sister had a blood transfusion right before we got here. All is well. She texted me and so we'll praise the Lord for all that. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get, let's get going real quick here. Uh, this is our building we're standing for. We believe God has already manifested it. We keep telling everybody they're going to drive up in their new cars. That's the new uh, entryway coming around to the actual foyer. And tell your neighbor, say, when I go visit, I'm going to sit right down there, right down there in the front when I sit down there in the front. Yeah, I'm going to sit right down there in the front. Amen. Praise God. So we thank God for the vision. We believe God has already brought it to pass. We know he's the one who's responsible for it. Since he called it into my sight and gave me the calling for it, he's responsible for paying for it. Amen. Praise God. Come on now. I tell your neighbor, say, I, I, I am a person of faith. I am a person of faith. All right, so now what I want to do tonight, though, is I want to stretch you beyond just having faith events to where you start to live a faith lifestyle. And because the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. He didn't say you just use faith when you need a washing machine, when you need a starter on your car, when your tires go bad. He didn't say you just need it when you get a bill you didn't expect to give. Oh, God, oh, you know, I don't have anything else to do. I better pray. No, listen, you live a lifestyle of prayer. You live a lifestyle of faith. And because I live that lifestyle, at any given moment, a faith confession can come out on what the declaration that God has declared to be. And everybody standing around may not understand it looking at your circumstance. Now, now listen. That's okay, because some folks here tonight going to leave you going like, I don't know if I like him. He's kind of arrogant. No, I ain't arrogant. You just need to understand, I'm a person who believes God. But listen, when you believe God, it comes with a little swag. I ain't up there. Because, see, that's the way other people see it. Because everybody can't handle your confidence when you trust God. Okay, okay. Let me give you an example. So, my, across the yard, yeah, I told you I was from Mississippi. Across the yard, my mom's oldest sister, Aunt Wavy. Now, I don't know why we call her name. Her name is Wavy. See, but anyway, we call her Aunt Wavy. Aunt Wavy lived across the yard. I had four cousins, later one five, because they had a late baby after all the rest of them were gone. My cousin, Calvin and Wayne, Wayne was three years older than me. Calvin was one year older than me. And every once in a while, we had this bully in our neighborhood who wanted to pick on me. And Wayne would always be the one who's like, okay, it's going to be a fair fight. He'd tell everybody else, don't you get involved. Don't you get involved. And they weren't going to mess with Wayne. I mean, because we used to bail hay for the summer, so they weren't going to mess with it. And so he'd be like, all right, now y'all go and duke it out, and then, you know, it's going to be a fair fight. Calvin, my other cousin Kevin, Calvin and I were closer. That's not Calvin. Calvin would be like, boom. And then he'd come back. Okay, now who started this? 
Well, why didn't you ask before you start? Because you shouldn't be messing with my cousin. That's how God feels about you. He ain't asking the devil permission. He waiting on you to accept who you are. See, you're tolerating stuff God never expected you to tolerate. And it's time for you to stand up in faith. Wait a minute, hold on. Why do I get to hear this fast? Dial that thing down. All right, come on. Ephesians chapter 2. Y'all trying to make me free. Let me get back over here. Oh, praise the Lord. That's exactly right. I got to get over here where I can teach. I'm so excited to be here with Pastor David. Ephesians chapter 2. Tell your neighbors I'm ready to learn. Let's pick it up here. And I'm reading from the New King James right now. And let's pick it up here from verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are now called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, now we don't speak Elizabethan English every day in our life. What he's really saying here is this. Hey, what was once set aside for one culture only, that God says, these are my chosen people and this is what they're here for. I now have made a decision through Christ to offer to the entire world if they're willing to receive. But now people have to be willing to receive. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a receiver. Oh, I'm going to see if that's the case here in a little bit. But tell your neighbor, say, I'm a receiver. So in other words, the gifts that God give, he made you free will moral agent. Tell your neighbor, say, I have to choose. Watch this. In your soul, you have to make a decision to choose. Man, it's a tripart being. Man is a spirit. You're not spiritual. Stop saying that. You are a spirit. Man possesses a soul. Your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, and your personality, all of that wraps up and makes you who you are as the presentation to other people. But then you possess a body, and it's got all kinds of stuff. It wants to do wrong all the time. Amen. But now listen to me. The reality of it is the spirit is the general of your life. The soul is the field commander of your life, and your flesh is the book private. And if you let your soul give bad instructions, your flesh go do it. Because that's the way it follows instruction. Does that make sense? So listen to me. So you didn't sin when you did it in your flesh. You sin when you told your soul it was okay. That's why they didn't like Jesus. Why you, look, okay, can I talk to the men for just a second? Just a, see, Jesus messed up all the play for the men that were doing wrong. Because see, in the old covenant... A man could be standing with his wife. Look at another woman. Y'all remember the old cartoon, the dog, and he had his tongue hanging out. He, like, uh, uh, uh. he could do that without in the old covenant. He get home, she'd be like, "What you doing?" She'd be like, "In the log and said, what's up?" Why? Watch it. Can't be judged in error where there is no law that judges it. He didn't touch her. Then Jesus come up and says, "But the moment you thought it." See, everybody don't understand, but you got to read your Bible with some understanding. There was a, listen, talking about they didn't like Jesus because he was Jewish. They, they didn't care less if Jesus was Jewish, black. They didn't care. He could have been polka dot. What they didn't like was he calling out their sin in the public. Jesus was empowering a whole nother group of, what's this? For those that would receive, say, I'm a receiver. 
Okay, next slide for me, guys. Okay, I know y'all going back and forth. That's okay, so I want to make sure that you're able to see this. Now, I have to move myself into a place to where I can receive what God has made available for me. It's been, listen to me, it's been predestined for me, not predetermined for me to do it. Okay, now listen, because that, that, that can be confusing sometimes. Because in the, the other reasons, because some translations actually say predetermined, which is okay, it's okay, but let's make sure you understand it, okay? It's been predestined that if you're at the back of that building in here and you're going to come up here, there's three paths predestined. Can I give an example? I told you I like to walk. Is that okay? Yes. So I'm walking into a predestined path. Everybody agree with that? Any, any complaints? Yes. All right, so guess what? That's not the only path. That's the predestined path. But I could choose to go here. Uh -huh. oh, oh, Jesus, just help me, Lord, just so I don't slip and fall. Hallelujah. Hey, pray. Uh, table. Yeah, working for the Lord hard sometimes. Come on, what, what is that? But that's what Christians do. Because they want to say their life is hard because they chose a path that wasn't predestined. And yes, there's grace to get you out, but why not get grace to find out where the path is? You know why? Because we weren't trained to be believers. Watch this. We were trained to endure hardship with Christ. Watch this. Instead of to learn how to be empowered through Christ. See, we move past he will make a way to he has already predestined a way. Now you have to seek him to find the way. He already has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you. So in other words, God's plan was already there, but we have been so conditioned to enduring the hardship that we learn how to do that first. All right, if you with me, say amen. amen. Okay, now let's talk about a couple of key objectives that we're going to try to get through tonight. I'm going to do my best to get through all of them. Number one, I'm going to try to lay a foundation for the right covenant. Because one of the things that I have found, especially when it comes to us receiving from God, is that we will grab a hold of a covenant and don't understand the conditions as part of it. Number two is identify key laws of receiving. Now, when I say laws, this is going to be really important tonight. The Bible uses the word law in our English language, but not understanding that the old covenant, the first five books of the Bible law, and there's actually another 500 some laws that go along with that, is different than a engineering, mechanical, operational process law. See, the law of gravity operates the same, producing the exact same results once I engage the process. So my expectation of it can now be predicted so that the outcome of it can be expected and move me into peace even before it finishes. All right, that was too, okay, let's come back. That's how come I can pray. Standing on the word, operate in the action as he instructed, and get into peace before my breakthrough comes. And folks, look at that. I thought you said your light bill was due. It is. Why are you act like it's paid? Because it is in Jesus' name. Uh, they told you you were going to get a raise? Mm -mm. Uh, I make more money than you. What are you talking about? You moving You moving where? You got a house. Girl, you can't get no house. 
Look, I'm the one who brought you to this project. What are you talking about? You're trying to leave me. You know what I had to do to get your apartment next to mine? I don't know who they're going to put in there when you leave. Tell your neighbor, say, you need new friends. You need new friends. Okay. So now, identify key laws. Watch this. <laughs> Number three, impart, that's my assignment. Implement, that's your assignment, a receiving mentality. Then I got to get, watch this, then I got to activate a thirst for wealth on the inside of you. Yeah, see, listen to me. I got to get you to the point to where the odor of poverty is replaced for the aroma of increase. To where you can't stand to even be around it. Not that you think you better, you just know who you are in Christ. Because see, listen to me, because any odor that you start to accept as an acceptable aroma, you will live with. See, and you can't get used to the stuff that God says you're not supposed to be used to. Tell your neighbor, say, because I'm a receiver, and I walk by faith. Now, now, listen to me. Now, this level of confidence doesn't just happen overnight, but once you identify the law, and you keep processing, and you keep processing, and all of a sudden, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Learn how to transfer spiritual. Oh, I got to get to that one. <laughs> I got to get, you know, yeah, I know, Lord, I'm going to do that. Yeah, 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 okay. I know. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Apostle, I heard the Lord say, I need to sow a seed for the seed to commit my seed to coming. So that's my first hundred on the seed to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, now uh, I'm going to explain the principle in a second. Just hold on. Amen. Because I'm not paying them anything. Amen? But see, I got to teach you. See, I'm country. So reading the Bible was really easy for me because the Bible when it was written, came up through an agrarian society. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I would read it, I'd be like, Papa, what does that mean? That's my grandfather. Y'all remember Papa from last year had this big truck? Okay, okay, I don't have time to get into the truck. Okay, y'all, okay, just stay with me. Amen, praise the Lord. Now, but Papa would explain scripture to me by telling me what I was doing in the garden. And so I'd be like, Papa, I, said, what? I don't understand how that tomato come out of that small seed. He said, son, he said, listen, he said, that's the spiritual part. He said, God put it into the seed, but the seed holds its capacity until it's in the right conditions to produce. So when you have the word of God out of the wrong condition, it can seem like the word doesn't work. But instead of you saying the word don't work, you need to evaluate your conditions that you're trying to use it in. See, you can't tell me you in faith with a backup plan. I know God going to make a way. Y'all do payday loans right here? Oh, I, no, I'm sorry. We ain't going to talk about that. So you can't tell me you sold your seed and went to the payday loan place an hour before you got here and presented it. Because see, faith is an assurance of what God has already declared to be true unchangeable by situation and circumstances regardless of how bad you think it is. And by the way, ain't nothing new under the sun. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. No, you're just, you're just blind. You think you're the only one going through it. You're not. But listen to me. Get through it. Listen to me. Because where your wilderness ends, your promised land begins. So why keep circling around and staying in the same place instead of moving out into where God has called you? Okay, let's go. All right, keep going. Let's go, guys. I want to, I'm going to speed up a little bit. All right. 
couple key factors on the law of increase. Number one, provide structure and revelation to your faith for next level, for the next laws of receiving. You said, Pastor, what do I mean by that? Sometimes we don't know how to receive from God because we don't understand the foundation that it's been built upon. This is why the children of Israel will always make this statement. I believe that I'm going to receive from the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Watch this. It was a generational condition that had been shaped, watch this, by men who believed and received. See, this is why you got to watch who you hang out with. Because, see, right now, your income is the average of the three to five people you spend the most time with. Well, I just don't know how come I don't get a raise. You need to change your friends. And listen to me. Learn what the word really means. You ain't got no friends because you clicked. David didn't have to ask if I was coming. He knew it. I, I, I mean, but we grew up together. And you grew up in poverty together. What? <laughs> Come on now. Tell you, tell you neighbors, I can't get offended at truth. Yeah. Well, you need to say it anyway. You won't say it. Turn to Deuteronomy 28. <laughs> Hold it right there. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Amen. This should be your best friend. I'm going to say it again. This should be your best friend. Watch this. Stop calling the book. The Bible says it's a living epistle. This is a person speaking to you. See, watch this. This is something totally different. If I say, hey, David, somebody left a note saying that they were going to do this for you versus me saying, hey, David, somebody said to tell you. See, I'm a teller of what he said. But you got to believe it. How are you going to get mad at a pastor that teaches you from this? I just don't like the way he said it. What, with confidence? In faith? With expectation? In jubilee? While he was praising God? You know why? Because you've, you've learned to accept your condition as the norm and don't want to put the work in to break it because your flesh and both your soul are okay with it because you learn how to adapt to it and endure, and then you want to give God a false praise for it. He don't want that. Let me tell you something. The only flesh that should be in your testimony is for consumption. True spiritual blessing and authority that comes from the word of God, you don't even need to do anything other than obey. Okay, let's, let's keep going, all right? Now, number two, I'm a coach and train you in the mindset, methods, and mechanics. The mindset, the methods, and mechanics. This is very specific, okay? Necessary to experience, say, daily harvest. How many would like to see daily harvest? Can I give a testimony? In the last seven years, no, it's eight, eight years, this is year eight. In the last eight years, my wife and I have not had a financial challenge come up that then 24 hours God has not either answered or given us the wisdom or exactly what to do, and we've seen it happen. In 2001, the Holy Ghost made me go, one, two, three, four, let me move to 2002, I'm sorry. In 2004, the Holy Ghost told me, he says, why are you leaving harvest in the ground for somebody else to gather? I said, Lord, I don't know what you mean. He says, did you get everything off of your seed from the last year? I said, um, yeah, I think I did, Lord. Watch this. I was thinking with my natural knowledge. And I said, well, Lord, yeah. I said, I remember I get, I'm just using, can I use simple numbers? I said, well, Lord, I sold $100. I said, and I got $3,000 back, so I got 30-fold back on it. 
And the Lord said to me, who taught you that math? I said, well, what are you talking about, Lord? I said, my, my Bible. My Bible says that, you know, you give some 30 times. 60. He said, no, that's not what your Bible says. He says, go back and read your Bible. I went back and read my Bible. I said, Lord, said, he said, what did I say in the original Greek when I spoke it? He said, I said, foe. I said, yeah. I said, but the dictionary, he said, the person who wrote the dictionary wouldn't even say. <laughs> What's this? He says, so you're trying to operate like you're in a truth off of something that is not true. But you expect me to still fulfill it like it is. Error. So now I don't have to get into it. So Webster's 1828 dictionary, I went, found it, looked it up. The word fold means doubling. So when God uses the term fold, he says, why would you think that I would allow compounded interest to produce more than I would supernaturally? So every time something folds, this is the way the Lord said it to me. He said, it is a multiplicative doubling that can only be done through spiritual obedience. Okay, let me give you, can I do some simple math to help you understand? Because right now you, you're not quite there with me. So if I take $2 and sew it and I fold it one time, it's four. If I take $4 and fold it, it's eight. If I take eight, it's 16. If I take 16, it's 32. If I take 32, it's 64. Then it goes to 128, and then it goes to 356. Are you starting to see it? I put the formula into an Excel spreadsheet using $5 at 30 fold, and it tilted. And the Lord said to me, you don't know how to harvest. He says, Go to the garden, Tony. An ear of corn has multiple kernels. You take the kernel, put it in the ground, it produces a stalk that produces a minimum of two. You take each one of those, put it back into the ground. He says, tell me what times that is. I said, Lord, that's not time. He said, exactly. He said, that's God math. Now, I'm not trying to get you all the way to where you can receive the fullness of that number, but I'm going to show you that there have been things the devil has taken from you that you did not receive because you didn't do what God instructed you to do. All right, let's keep going. Next slide for me, gentlemen, please. Hallelujah. All right, so now four, four key laws that we're going to look at tonight. Number one, the law of focus. Number two is the law of momentum. Number three is the law of excellence. And number four is the law of the seed. And the last one, I'm going to show you how to receive while you're struggling. Now, you heard me talk about my mom and dad. I lived right at the poverty line most of my life until I got to high school. March of, 2000, March of 1987, my mom went home to be with the Lord. Caught us off guard. Didn't even know it. My mom went to the doctor six months before, found out that she had cancer. They just started doing all these global tests, and all of a sudden, I found out that my mom's going home to be with the Lord. I was mad at the Lord because I hadn't been taught truth. So I didn't really quite understand death. I mean, I know, you know, how people behave at funerals and all that kind of stuff. You know, talking about they want to be in there with them, jumping all in the cast, you know, all this stuff that folks do. You know what I'm saying? That, that's just guilt coming out most of the time, okay? Okay? So I, I go through all this. I'm struggling. I enlisted into the military, and I almost became a mercenary. No, no, listen to it. I'm talking about God had a plan for my, destiny for my life. I was a freshman in college. I got a gentleman knocked on my door. I opened the door. He's dressed in all black. He says, I'm looking for Tony Shaw. I says, me. He said, you just finished basic training. Yeah, he said, I saw your marksmanship scores. He said, I got some, he said, I got something for you. I said, okay. So we go down to this black truck. He pulls out these two giant suitcases bigger than these speakers, lay them on the ground, open it up, and it was nothing but $100 bills. He said, that's yours, tax-free. He says, uh, I've been sent to come get you. You're going to come work for us. You're going to be the new sniper in training. I said, oh, 
what, where did that come from? Because I ain't never seen that much money before in my life. <laughs> I'm just, y'all, y'all can sit there and be like, you know, rebuke you devil. I was already counting. Because I was a math major. I was a math major because I'm counting. I'm like, okay, now, Lord, I said, it's a band of 100. I said, 50 inside of each one. That's 5,000 per band. I said, that's 20 bands across. That's 10 bands deep. I said, I believe it's wrong. I'm, 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 mo- I'm ciphering like you ain't believe. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, okay. He says, you get 24 hours to think about it. He said, and tomorrow I'll be here to pick you up. He says, you're going to be completed with school. We're going to give you your degree. We're going to give it to you. I'm a freshman. I get up. I go to my room. I'm a math major. I call the baseball coach. say, hey, I don't think I'm going to be playing baseball anymore just to let you know. <laughs> this thing was working, you know. And all of a sudden, on the hall, the payphone rings. And I hear it because my room was right there at the junction of the corner. And somebody said, hey, Tony, you got a phone call. I'm like, you talking about I got a phone? My phone in my room. What are you talking about? This is somebody on the phone asking for you. Nobody on the phone asked me. Got up. Boom, 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 boom. Tony, come get the phone. I go outside. It's the pay phone. I pick it up. I say, hello. Boy, it was my grandmother. What you doing? <laughs> Mama Hattie. Um, that's what we called her. I said, Mama Hattie, where you get this number from? I didn't dial no number. I picked the phone up. The Lord said you were on the other end. You ain't trying to mess up the Lord's plan for your life. Because God didn't do that to your mama. Uh, Mama Hattie, where did you get this number from? Yeah, I'm scared. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> when last time you picked up a pay phone? And somebody told you they didn't even dial a number and they don't know they ain't connected. But the enemy was trying to distract me, trying to teach me not to be a receiver of things of light, trying to get me to receive darkness. Because the day after my mom died, I saw my mom standing in the hallway of our home. I wake up, it's three o'clock in the morning. I look and I see it on the clock and I look down the hallway and I hear my mom say, Tony, come here. And she beckons to me. And I start to walk toward her. And my grandmother walked through her and said, boy, what are you doing? It's three in the morning. I said, I was going to talk to mama. She says, boy, that was not your mom. And God does not play with his children like that. I was never supposed to bury one of my children early, but she is in the arms and the hands of the glory of God, and you will not play with whatever that was talking to you. And I never saw it again. But it was, watch this. It was looking for me to receive it because you were designed to be a receiver. See, I got to get to a definition here. Keep going, guys. I got, I got, I got to speed up. I got to speed up. Amen. I don't have a watch. So I don't know what time it is. All right. So, uh, go to go go to the next slide. Amen. That, that was a joke, guys. Y'all just coming. Okay. Relax. Relax. All right. Tell your neighbor said momentum. Because see, sometimes it seems like we get stuck in the things, right? And we don't know what it is that we need to do. Tell your neighbor said because I need power to move. God gave me this definition. It's the supernatural power of God causing things that have no life and no movement to move, multiply, increase, germinate, grow, accelerate, and break through into the natural realm. How? Because the spiritual force of God has the ability to move natural things. So Paul and Silas inside of a static jail, the Holy Ghost moves and the whole earth responded just to open one jail door. And you think he can't pay your light bill? Come on. We're talking about a God that shook a whole building for one door. He's a big God. 
Next slide, guys. Keep going. Keep going. Because I'm, I'm going to get you to a certain place. I must learn to receive, though, with the right covenant. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, a lot of times what we do, we get into this place where we start confessing scriptures and don't understand the application of it. Because, see, the initial application and use of a scripture has more to do with the way that God used it originally. It doesn't mean that it does not have a double reference. But a lot of time, a lot of us always going around, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. I got all of them. Hey, praise God. I'm glad you did. But he wrote that to the Jews and not to you. Now, yes, the Bible says we have a new and better covenant. We've been redeemed from the curses of it, and we can go and be a partaker of it. But you can't do it without going through Galatians 3.29 first. So make sure that when you go and get Deuteronomy 1 through 14, you go through Galatians 3.29. Because if you don't, you're going to grab the curse of verse 15. All right, let's, let's go there. Go to Deuteronomy 28 real quick. Come on, I, just, I need to show you. Because some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know if I believe it. I told you that's okay. I, I, I come to talk to the believers, in the, and I'm not a convincer, by the way. So if you came to be convinced, then you're going to probably have to hear it again. But that's okay. Keep hearing, hearing, and hearing, and it eventually will switch you. But I got to think and believe at some point in time, you want your life to change. I mean, aren't you tired of the people that you owe calling you for their money? How about you pay it early? Come on. Yeah, I, I know. You got offended. That's okay. Hey, guess what? My bill's paid already because God paid them. Because I tithed and sold before I even thought about giving the bill. I gave honor first. Eh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Slow down, Tony. All right. The only reason you get offended about money, listen to me, is because... Um, read Deuteronomy 28 with me first. And then we're going to go to Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to show you something. Okay? Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 20. Amen. Tell your neighbors, I'm excited about the word. That's how come I read my Bible every day. That was a test, by the way. Amen. And if nothing else, you just confessed it by faith. Amen? Deuteronomy 28. It says, now it should come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Read all the way through and jump down with me here around, say, verse 14. It says, so you should not turn aside from any of the words which I commanded you this day to the right or the left or to go after other gods or to serve them. But it should come to pass, verse 15, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you. Simple. You obey 100%, you get 100% of the blessing. Tell your neighbor, say yes. yes. Here's the problem. You obey 99.9%, .9%, you get 100% of the curse. None of the blessing. So you can't be grabbing this blessing without going through the right protocol and the right mentality to receive it. Because, see, you may start confessing like you're Jewish and not receiving like you're in Christ. And listen, and Judaism is not just new Christian life. You've been called to Christ, which is above that. Now, listen, I'm not against anyone, anyone's religion, whatever they want to do. What I'm saying is I know who I am in Christ because that's where my strength lies. So if I'm going to receive what the Lord has made available for me, I have to do it through the right covenant, the right covenant mentality. I have to understand. So tell your neighbor, say, because I'm in the family. I need to know how. 
Yeah, you know, so I talked about my family, you know, because my family's kind of crisscrossed and mixed up and stuff, right? I mean, like, I got cousins who are my uncles and stuff all at the same time. I know some of y'all probably do too, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so bad. I mean, they just, my family, they just one family reunion. Everybody just show up. Both sides. I mean, just, I'm serious. Just how it is. Now, watch this. And, and because we live in that world, we don't know how to separate the distinction of who we are in our relation to Christ. Because see, we, we, we focus so much on the rigor of a regiment, we forget the impact of the righteousness of the relationship. Because the relationship is designed to pass into me both my blessing, my increase, and my empowerment. See, not only is greater is he that is in me, but he's also made me the righteousness in Christ. He made me. So in other words, it was a transformation. It wasn't, well, you know, I'm sure you. Uh, tell your neighbor, say, because Jesus was wealthy, I'm entitled to it. How? Do you know? Because, see, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't know, I can assure you, you've been praying for money the wrong way. Because, number one, you shouldn't be praying for it. Because money is the only covenant blessing he gave that does not respond to prayer. Yeah, come on, okay. What? I just prayed for my rent. <laughs> no, just, just, I'm going to help you before you leave. Amen. I understand. I understand. Because when I first heard it from the Lord, I'm like, come on now, God. You're trying to tell me money don't move prayer. Listen, money is a covenant. And listen to me. There's a reason why he had to make sure it wasn't prayer related. God made money covenant related because once you obey the covenant, the enemy can't stop it. Yes. He can delay prayer sometime. Even Paul said that. And God didn't ever want your money on delay. See, now you're warming up. See, not everybody mad at me. Now, someone kind of like, oh, well, okay. Because, you, you know, watch this. Because, see, if you're trying to receive it under that old covenant, James says the moment you don't keep one tittle of it, then all of it's gone. But now when I'm over in the new covenant, they'll be like, all oh, that's on Christ. But, girl, I saw, I heard you cuss last night. Yeah, but I'm, I'm already forgiven. Praise God. He working that thing out into me unto perfection, but he already blessed me. See, I'm not trying to give you a license to sin. I'm trying to give you a license to receive your blessing. Tell your neighbor, because I'm a receiver. All right, next slide, because I think that's where I get to the one I want to talk to you about your multiplication. Because if you don't understand the impact of multiplication, the impact of increase, then you can't receive everything God has for you the way God planned for it to be. Definition of receiving, to take into one's possession, to have something bestowed on you, to take into the mind and apprehend it mentally. Next slide for me. You said, Pastor, why is this important? Because this is, God gave me this right here in the Holy Ghost. To accept with the intent to multiply, increase, and accelerate under the power of the Holy Ghost using kingdom principles. Tell your neighbors, I'm a receiver. <laughs> Hold on, stop. That means that everything you get, you receive it with the intent to multiply, to increase, and to accelerate. All right. now, now, women, you were designed originally by God to be a multiplier. Oh, yeah. You see, see, men, we have to learn how to do it originally. But you were designed that way. See, a, a woman can take the seed of her husband and produce a child. Husband, just, okay. And produce a child. No, no, that ain't shade. That's just principles. Because, see, my TV now at home between 7 and 9, they cussing and showing folk naked, and I don't have a right to tell people where they're supposed to live? That's a side note commercial. Okay, come back. All right. Now, but watch this. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a receiver. I multiply. 
I increase and I accelerate. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say it like you believe it. Say it like you know who you are. Say, I multiply, I increase, and I accelerate. All right, so then all of a sudden now, a, a husband can take food to his wife and she turned it into a meal. A, a husband can take what looks to everybody else to be a small, efficient apartment, small house, and she turns it into a home because she's been designed to multiply. This is how come we're supposed to keep peace in our home because a husband can also give a wife a little bit of havoc and she turned it into a whole lot of. Because she designed to multiply. Praise God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I believe God. See, if I am receiving everything with the intent to multiply, to increase, and to accelerate, that means that I'm always looking for what God wants me to do first. I have an expectation of the things and the blessings of God to always flow through me. But I can't do it if I don't understand who I am. All right, so Romans 4, 17 says, call those things that be not as though they are. I'm trying not to just quote the scripture, but please write them down. Amen? Amen. Come on, come on. Write it down. Write it down. What you hear, you retain 20%. What you write, you retain 50%. What you go back and read over again, it helps you retain it at least to 70%. That's for your benefit. Amen? Amen, amen. You know, we didn't have technology like this when I first came up to church. Scripture on the screen don't mean you don't need a Bible. It's to keep us from waiting on y'all. Because you won't put them tabs on your Bible like we told you. Put them tabs on there. Then you can just flip. You can flip to it. Okay. All right. Now, turn with me because I want you to see this. Tell your neighbor, say, I believe God intends for me to multiply, intends for me to increase, and to accelerate. All right, now go to the next slide for me, guys. You must learn now the next thing is that God, this, this was life-changing for me, cannot lie. Okay? God cannot lie. Okay? But watch this. But what I focus on can change what God has planned for me. So the first law we're going to look at, tell your neighbor, the law of focus. Anything that consumes my time, energy, finances, and attention. Focus always precedes success, but most of the time it also precedes downfalls. What's going into your eye gate and your ear gate consistently over and over and over is what you've learned to focus on. James 1 and 8 tells you you can't be double-minded. So a double-minded person is not a focused person. So the reason I learned to be successful in the world is before I ever even became a pastor, God told me, use my principles in the workplace, and I will give you wisdom to solve problems that Pharaoh will pay for. Okay. All right. Hold on. I got to give a little resume, I guess. So, so let, me, let me give you a resume. because Some of you looking at me like, well, whatever. You don't got the kind of job I got. Okay. I've worked for five Fortune. I've worked for five different five Fortune 100 companies. I worked for Sun Microsystems at the time. They were the third largest computer company in the world. Then I went to go work for Oracle. You use Oracle every day, even if you don't realize it. It says powered by Java. So every one of you that got a device right now, you actually have something from, from there. I went from there, recruited from Oracle by my client to give me my new job. Oh, listen, I get a phone call from my client that says, hey, look, you know that, that, that $100 million deal we're going to do? So yeah, he said, look, I want you to get it, but you're not going to get it at Oracle. 
That's why he said, they've sued us again. We threw, we're not going to do business with them anymore. And so I'm telling you right now that it's time for you to leave. Then he called IBM and says, that business that you want to get from us from Oracle, that's $100 million, you can get it, but one condition. You got to hire Tony Shaw. I'm going to give names because this is a testimony and not a testa-phony. So, Rick, no, no, because I, I, I have names to back up what God has already done for me. That's why I walk in the confidence that I walk in because I was a consistent tither. See, see most folks say, well, you know, I, I tithe. What do you mean you tithe? You're a tither. See, I, I don't come up to you and be like, what color are you today? You'll be like, what do you mean what color am I? My color don't change. My tithing don't change. I tithe every day. Every time something come to me, I tithe. Every dollar God gets a dime. If I pick up a penny and don't find the other nine cents, I'm going to break that penny into ten parts. Because part of it belongs to the Lord. And every time, God shows himself faithful. But I believe God. And every time, I just kept tithing, kept tithing. Then all of a sudden, I get this phone call. I was supposed to go to Chicago, and I didn't. And the client changed the meeting. And it says, uh, hey, Tony Shaw said, yeah. So she said, my name is Wendy. She says, I'm the executive assistant for the EVP of Global that's responsible for the uh, AT&T was my customer and says that uh, you have a meeting with him in two hours. And I'm like, I don't know you or him. What are you talking about? I don't work for you. She says, you just need to make that meeting. And so I go down there. I put a suit and everything out and sit down. He, and he sat down. He's real nice. Yeah. He said, he's, how you doing, Tony? He said, I'm assuming you're smart. I said, well, I appreciate that. I didn't quite know what he meant by it, you know. He says, um, I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but technically you already have a job. Wow. I said, I never applied for a job. He said, yeah, I know. He said, but our mutual client is getting ready to give me $100 million for business. But he's not going to give it to me until three weeks. That gives you time to give your two-week notice because he says I have to pay you on the deal because you're the one who convinced him to do it, but he's not going to do it at the company where you are, so call him. So I called my clients. Hey, he said, you, he said, you had your interview? I said, yeah, I just said, what's going on? He says, um, I want to pay you on the $100 million. I said, okay, I appreciate that. He said, but I'm not going to pay you over at that company. You got to go to this one. He said, I'm doing it in three weeks, which means you need to go give your two-week notice today. I said, what? Huh, what? I said, he said, don't, don't worry. Watch this. All your executive status, all your vacation, all your time, he's going to give it to you plus 20% because I negotiated it for you. And I worked for IBM for 15 years. Top producer, number one rated employee, solving Joseph's, I mean, solving Pharaoh's problems that he was willing to pay for. Keith Stanback, senior executive. I was the newest executive on a team of 10. He gets, an, he gets a pro, I want, I want you to hear this, because the Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 7 that wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And all that I get and get, all that I get, get, we missed that part. We get the wisdom and the knowledge and get the one-time breakthrough, but understanding is what makes it repeatable. Once you learn how to repeat something, you become proficient. Come on, I'm trying to translate it. Once I become proficient, I have a new level of skill. Once I have a new level of skill, I can be promoted. And now all of a sudden, I can teach it because I've now reached a mastery because I kept doing the same thing over and over and over. And walking by faith should be the same way. What you don't understand, you can't repeat. And it's important for us to understand the principles of faith. Tell your neighbors, I'm a receiver. See, the problem is you get something, you want to eat it all up. And see, an overconsumption is nothing more than greed. 
See, you got your income tax on December 31st at midnight. And then by February, you didn't spend it all. Because you don't have enough discipline to save because you didn't understand that saving was a kingdom principle instituted by the Lord. How can you spend everything in one month that you had three times of every other month because you don't have the discipline, the training to be able to do it because you had to learn how to repeat it. So you have to learn by doing it in the kingdom first. So my pastor, Pastor Ronnie Sims, white pastor in Jackson, Mississippi, he had a multicultural church. First person the Lord ever told me to sow to. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to get this foundation out to you because tell your neighbor, say, because I need to reap, but I first have to sow. See, I have an expectation to get a harvest every day. So the Lord told me, he says, I want you to do three things every day until you become proficient at it. Believe God, believe me for either a Coke or a bottle of water that you don't buy and pay for yourself. Believe me for a preferred parking spot. I want you to call it out the day before you leave and claim that parking spot. He says, and then $5 that does not come through your paycheck because it is not a source. It's only a channel. Okay. God intended for you to have a minimum of four channels running into you with increase. The Bible says that out of the Garden of Eden, God's original plan, that all the gold and silver, everything came to a head and split into four rivers. And by those rivers, he lays out all the wealth that is in the earth system. All the gold, all the silver. I know y'all think the money is stuff, but no, it really is not. I mean, it's backed up by something. They let you do that to make it easy for you for transaction. Amen. You said, Pastor, why is that so important? Because time after time, the Lord kept on producing, kept on doing, and I did $5 a day. I kept believing in God $5 a day. It took me two years to get to $5 a day. Then I went to $10 a day. God, I thank you. I've already sown my seed, I believe, because I did. I'm supporting the things in the kingdom because I trust in the kingdom. I have confidence in your word. Now, Lord, I put you in remembrance of the word according to 1 John 5, 14 and 15. You say, Lord God, that if I would do, you would do in return because yours is already finished. You're just waiting on my agreement. And over and over, and I got to $20 a day, and then I got to $50 a day, and it took me 10 years, and I got to $100 a day that I could believe God for it without labor, without toil, but by faith, call it in. I got to the point to where I used to play tic-tac-toe with my parking in the parking spot. I would put an X in the parking spot, call that parking spot in the day before I left, get back the next morning, it would be there. I go, X. The next day I said, I want to go diagonal, this parking spot. No, hey, I'm just telling He said, if I believe, I can receive. Here's the problem. Watch this. You keep trying to separate your receiving from your believing because you keep looking for your manifestation. Receiving is a spiritual function of accepting what God has said is truth, not allowing your circumstance to change it. And manifestation is the obedience to what you believe you receive that shows up that says it was true. Okay, slow down. When I believe that I receive, it's a spiritual transaction between me and God of my acceptance of his word as truth in authority and power, and nothing can change or toward it. Or ch- that makes sense? And now that is receiving. We're going to go there. Turn to Mark chapter 11. We'll just show it to you. All right. Now, once I receive that, I now hold on to that as my deed until it manifests. Now, let me go to the next. How many of y'all remember the store servers merchandise? Oh, okay. Y'all that young? Okay. Lord Jesus. I did. Anybody remember, sir? I'm not, it's not a trick question. You remember serving dice? 
You used to go to Surfing Merchandise. They had a little display out on the floor. Say, hey, I want to get this refrigerator. You go to the little window. You pay for it. And then they gave you a claim ticket. Uh-huh. Sears even does that or did that before they went out of business, right? And so all of a sudden now, that claim ticket you hold on to because you just received your refrigerator. But it has not manifested. Okay, now listen to me. You got to be cautious that you don't allow religion to move you into a place to where because you did the protocols of church thinking you've actually engaged into faith with God. (sighs) Tell your neighbor, because I'm a receiver. I know how to multiply. I know how to increase. I know how to accelerate. Listen, delays sometimes can be you learning the process, but God never intended for you to have a delay because in faith, there's no time. Because see, in faith, when I believe I receive, that means it's done at that moment and I learn to receive it. And I learn how to sow and grow because every fruit first starts with a root. So when my seed goes in, my seed first grows down so that it can be strengthened to handle the conditions of when it comes up in its fragile state. Because a blade has the ability to either be eaten too soon or disrupted by the enemy. But if the root is strong, he may cut the top off, but he can't get my root. So my root is... Come on, where we go? Come on. You go to Cheesecake Factory and wait 45 minutes to get a seat. You can hang in there with me a little bit longer because I'm going to help you get your breakthrough. Now, come on now. See, this is what I'm talking about when I said discipline. The discipline, I said, it didn't take that long to teach the word. How long did it take you to get in debt? <laughs> Somebody would have took so long. Come on. Soldiers train and train and train and train. I finished, I never forget, we finished SEER. So I go through a whole year of training to be a special forces officer. And then I go through this special uh, interrogation class that they call SEER, survive, evade, resist, and escape. And they do everything. They capture you. They put you into these tunnels. They lock you up. They put you into these little camps and these water patties. And they just torture you every day, every day, every day, every day. But then over here, they come to tell you, remember this one thing, because of your special training, no matter what they do, we will come for you. So in the worst state that you're in and you can't see your way out, see your country coming for you. I don't care how big and bad the devil tells you he is. He's still the God of the breakthrough, the bring up, and the beat down if he needs to do it. I believe this. I believe this. And by the way, it offends people. It does. Confidence always offends weak people. Always. I'm not your pastor. I'm the pastor of folks there. He'll sew you up with a bum of Gilead on Sunday morning. But right now, I need to stretch you. Because, you know, no, listen to me. You have an ability that's being limited by capacity because of how you think. Your capacity is always limited by the soul. Your ability is spiritual. Tell your neighbor, say, I am a spirit with unlimited ability. I know how to multiply. I know how to increase. I know how to accelerate. One of the things you have to do, number one, you have to be able to see God's promise in the midst of the crisis. And so you have to train yourself like this. So I'm going to give you an example. Tell your neighbors, say, I remember this from last year. Tell your neighbors, I remember this from last year. Okay, R-E-D, T-R-U-C-K. Spells red. Okay, did anybody see it? Anybody? 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 Got a couple folks? 
You do? What kind of truck you see? Pickup truck. Okay. All right. B-L-A-C-K-C-A-R. Black car. What'd you see? Lamborghini? Lincoln? Okay. All right. All right. Now, are y'all good Bible students? I mean, real good Bible students. Okay. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. What do you see? What does it look like? Watch this. Most, most people end up seeing the scripture that refers to the healing instead of seeing themselves healed. Because you've been trained by the devil to associate pictures with every other word except for when it comes to his word because he don't want you imaging what God said because you won't be able to, you can't be a prisoner. This is why when you get trained a certain way, you have the ability in a crisis to say, oh, I see my way out of this. You ain't broke, you have a seed. See, a farmer believes that. A farmer in, in Mississippi, they have what they call land banks. Do they have land banks here? Yeah. Okay. See, in a land bank, what they could do, you could actually go into the land bank and say, hey, I want to borrow $30,000 to cover 1,000 acres of land based upon 20 pounds of good corn that I believe it will yield. Say yield. Yeah. That's the same thing as saying fold. That's the expectation. And the bank, based on that person's expectation, would give them a loan just to be a farmer. And God does the same thing with you. He says he gives seed to the, he gives seed to the, no, no, no. He said he gives seed to the church person. He gives seed to the Christian. He gives, he gives seed to the usher board. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Why did he distinguish out the function from the person? Because the mentality of some Christians is not to sow. They either want to tip or they wind up a $1 bill so tight and put it in your hand. I just wanted to say blessing to you. Hold on a second. First of all, appreciate that. But that seed ain't for me. No, no, no. Let me help you. Because see, he's not going to tell you that because he's your pastor. Because he's like, I wouldn't say this to my congregation, but I can say it to you. Because I'm here to help you. That money you giving him ain't paying his car, no? You need to stop letting the devil lie to you. The lifestyle God called him to, he ain't dependent on you. Because the only somebody who do that are thieves and pimps. He's a gift sent to you by God with an empowerment and an anointing. Watch this, that all the things that God put in him, you can sow into him, make a transfer out of him, and not pick up any of his bad. Because you've been redeemed from the curse. Because you've been called, say, multiply, increase, accelerate. All right, let's keep going. Keep going, guys. I want to get I want to get somewhere real quick. So the law of momentum. Go 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 past that. I want to already already cover that one real quick. The law of excellence. The attention to detail to give rise to supernatural performance, causing the person being served to be in awe that creates opportunity for promotion and increase. So that when I serve, I serve with such excellence that I know God is going to do something supernatural in my life. See, you know. <laughs> Y'all know why I know I'm going to get a harvest? I have sowed the best seed of my life throughout my life. Pastor Ronnie Sims, the Lord told me I want you to take him a daily seed. That's why I got to get you. 
Y'all give me 15 minutes to wrap this up. I know y'all ready to go. Y'all good? Okay. All right. The Lord says, you need daily harvest because of where you are. You don't make enough money to sustain your household. I said, that's true, Lord. And he said, but you're not looking to me for wisdom. He said, because you think you're going, you, you keep smiling and cheesing. You think you're going to get a raise big enough to live the lifestyle I called you to. He said, so stop telling everybody I gave you a promotion when they gave you a 50 cent more an hour. He said, because I ain't got nothing to do with that. He said, if that's the case, everybody else that got one got it from me. See, I just, see, I know, you'd be like, you got stiff on me. That's okay. Listen to me. I know y'all don't like me talking about your money, but I'm going to talk about it. Listen to me. Your job is a channel. God can use it. But if you ain't doing your work unto the Lord, you're doing it unto the labor, you got your just reward. Y'all let my lips get dry. My wife ain't here. See, she tell me that. She's like, baby, you're stiff. Amen. Praise God. Y'all can't let me look any kind of way up here. Come on. We're putting it on tape. Okay. All right. Say daily seed. So the Lord told me, he says, Tony, I want you to take Pastor Ronnie Sims a dollar every day. Pastor's office, the church from where I work was about 34 miles. Didn't really have it. So it was gas. I take my lunchtime. And so every day I get in the car, drive all the way down. I went and knocked for the first time I'm there. By the way, people who work at the church treat people with respect and be nice. Because you not only represent the kingdom, you represent your priest of your house. When somebody show up and they sit in his seat and they don't see the reserve sign, you don't come on. You can't sit there. They ain't never been there. They didn't know that. This might have been the first time they came to church. You're supposed to walk in love, and the first encounter they had was with your pickle face. Come on. That ain't love. Come on, so be nice. So I get there at the front desk, you know, and my wife and I are working in the children's church. We've been faithful. I worked in children's church for eight years because the Lord told me if I could teach faith to children, then I could teach faith to his people. Thank you, ma'am. I receive. He said, Pastor, really? Look here, come up to me. I'm dressed like this. I got 12 different translations of the Bible. I got Wayman's Amplified. New, I mean, everything. I'm, I'm going to teach these kids some faith. Come in there and I'll be like, this little kid, come on. Cheetos all over his hands. He right there, hey, Miss Tone. Hey, Miss Tone. What? What? Hey, Miss Tone. Miss Tone. What's faith? What's faith, Miss Tone? What's faith? Oh, and yeah. I came for that one. Okay. <laughs> it's such a thing. Hopeful the evidence of things not seen. Hey. I'm going to look here and right there. Then he again. Hey, Mr. Tone. Boy, put, put, stop putting your Cheetos on me. What? I answer your question. Uh, what substance? Boy, go find your mama. I got mad at him, too. I'm going somewhere. And so I'm, I'm off and get ready to teach children church. And the Lord said, you know why you're mad? I said, no, why, man? And he said, because uh, you couldn't answer him. He said, you've become proficient at repeating what you hear other people say, but you haven't learned what it means. And until you learn what it means, you can't teach it and you sure can't use it. So when it don't show up, don't you tell people I didn't do it because all of a sudden the timing of the Lord changed. I have heard that one so many times. God's timing didn't change. He don't even function in time. He functioned in faith. You're lying to yourself. There's three parts of every equation. God's word, you, and what it is you believe in God for that he's already completed. He didn't change and his word don't change. I say it's you. (laughs) 
I drive down every day. I come to the front desk. I will almost call her now. I won't call her now. She's sitting there. I say, hey, how you doing? I said, look, I said, I had a seat. I want to get a pastor run. And, oh, hey, man, praise God. and she said, um, all right, well, here's the envelope. I said, well, I really was hoping to present it to him. I said, I'll be real quick. I got to get back to work anyway. I already had about a 30-minute drive over here. I said, I'm on my lunch break. I want to be faithful and get back in time. I said, I just, just want to, you know, just put it in his hand. He busy. Okay. I said, you know, is it going to be open anytime soon? No. Well, you know what? How, how much is it? Yeah, see, 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 come on now. Because people still do that. Yeah, people still do it. And so I said, well, I said, well, it's a dollar. The Lord told me to bring it to him. A dollar? How are you going to defame my two mics that I'm bringing in? All of a sudden, I said, okay, I write my name on the envelope, put the dollar on there, hang it to it. And by the time I turn, Pastor sit laid back in his desk. Tony, that's you? One of my children's church teachers. What you doing? I said, I just come to drop a seed off to you. Well, bring it to me. I, I, but I, see, because I'm in faith, because I wanted to look at her and give her, you know, but I didn't. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, stay with me, because I, I need to show you this. Stay with me. Go ahead and pass that slide. Guys. Go to the next one for me, all right? So all of a sudden, I realize now I don't want to disrupt my atmosphere that I'm building for my increase. Okay? Because, see, a lot of time what happens is that we create the wrong climate pressure in the natural, and we disrupt the things in the spirit, and therefore our environment to receive is broken. So all of a sudden, he called me in there. I said, I said well, the Lord told me, that for, you know, days until he tell me to stop, I'm supposed to bring you a dollar seed every day during the church when the church is open. He said, praise God, I'm in expectation. He said, I said, well, it's a dollar. He said, boy, he said, that's a big seed, ain't it? See, he encouraged my faith. My pastor did that. My, 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 my gift did that. Because see, watch this, you need to understand something. See, when God is releasing grace unto me, he splits my grace package. Portion comes in directly to me. The understanding of it, he sends to my shepherd so that my shepherd can release it consistently over and over from the pulpit and extract it out of me as it grows. So in other words, a one-time deposit is not enough, but he keeps teaching it and watering it because the Bible says that one sow it, the other one water it, and God give the increase. So without watering, your harvest is small. So your pastor increases your harvest by watering what you've heard over and over and over one year I, I know two year and three year, and all of a sudden you're a multimillionaire because your gift kept watering the seed that was imparted into you but see watch this another pastor can teach it but another shepherd can't release it so while you popcorn and all over to every church in the city you messing up your watering because you need to stay in one place to get the release of what he put in you. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. I, I got I to get somewhere. So now, my confidence gets built because I learned to receive. Mark 11 real quick. Mark 11. And I'm going to show you this. Tell your neighbors to the right environment, the right atmosphere, and the right climate. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Real quick, real quick. I, I, I'm, I'm hurrying. I promise I'm hurrying. If you need to go and walk out, you're not going to offend me. It's hard to see one person leave in a house of 10,000. 
Praise God. Verse 22. Well, hold on a second. Do, do me a favor. Go with me real quick to verse 12, and then we're going to jump over here, okay? It says, now the next day when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry and sent as far off a fig tree, having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of fig. In response, Jesus said, stop. Who started talking first? So watch this. Everything that God created has a voice in the spirit realm. This is why you must operate spiritually before you do naturally, because that's where your authority is. That's, 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 that's key. See, we, 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 we made church into such a, a pump and circumstance that we forgot the full empowerment of why God established the church for us. It is equipping ground to send you out to battle, not to fight the devil, but to fight the good fight of faith and lay claim to what God has already given you. But see, you, you think, I don't take all that. But you thought it took a degree. Yeah. You thought it took working 45, 50, 60, 70 hours, and it still didn't produce. But God can. See, listen to me. God has the ability to take all of the wrong with you and change your pedigree overnight. Put you into a status that no man can ever measure and elevate you to a level to solve problems that only wisdom from God can produce. At your job. Stop calling it a job, by the way. It's a Babylonian term meaning to pay a man less than the value of what he's worth, but enough to satisfy him not to fight. No, no, no. See, listen to me. See, the Babylonians learned from the Egyptians because the Egyptians used taskmasters, and they're like, huh, they took all they go. They ain't going to do that. <laughs> give them enough to where they, oh, okay, they ain't enough money. Give them a little more. Okay, they ain't enough. Give them a little more. Okay, see, they're happy. You let them live in the neighborhood next to yours, not quite in yours, and they think they're going to arrive. When God said you're supposed to own the whole thing. You don't let somebody give you a pacifier and you be like, well, yeah, I, I make enough. What do you mean you make enough? There are people still starving and struggling. Right. Amen? Amen. Amen? You Listen, you ain't meant to go to the bank. You meant to be the bank. Yeah, that's, right. uh, that's okay. Let's come back. Okay, that took you too far too fast. That's okay. Verse 22. That's okay. Come on, go, go, go. That's okay. Come on. Y'all holding me up now. See, y'all. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says that his mouth can be removed and be not cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. Confidence in his words. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you that whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. You can't confuse and mix up receiving with manifestation. Receiving comes in and when you accept it and then you go forth with it. Amen. All right, I got to go. I got to get to one last place, and then we're going to go home. I know I kept you long, I, and so I, I know I did. I know I did, but, but listen. I'm going every day, and I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it about 30 days in, and Pastor Ron, one day, he's, he's out there waiting on me. Had a little traffic hit it right there, and he's like, man, I'm waiting to get my Coke. He said, what you been doing? I said, your Coke? He said, yeah. He said, that's what I've been buying with every day. He said, every day. I told the Lord I wasn't going to eat until you brought my Coke money, my shepherd encouraging me. So I, I give it to him. He said, by the way, while I was up there the other day, you know what I saw? I said, what would you see, Pastor? He said, I saw a slushie. They had a red one too, boy. I said, they had a red slushie. He said, boy, that slushie looked good. I said, all right, praise the Lord. He said, 
$2.39. You think the Lord can give you? He said, I don't know. He said, Lord, can bring this dollar. I want that the Lord can bring $2.39. Yeah. Mm-hmm. $2.39. $2.39. That's what the tax. I asked him about it. That's what the tax. Yeah. See, 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 an immature saint think you begging, but they don't understand you snatching them out of poverty. But that, that, that that's okay. Because, see, the only way for you to tap into the increase of your shepherd is to be grafted into the same ground that produces his harvest. And you can't get grafted without a seed. See, it's a farming term. Most folks don't, don't quite understand what that means. I insert myself into his life with my seed. And the moment I do, what grows his harvest produces for me too. So when he was up here a few minutes ago, heard the Lord say, God said, you heard something I've been talking about, Sia. He said, what you going to do about it? I said, I'm going to get grafted in that thing. <laughs> he said, uh, when you going to do it? I said, I'm going to do it now. And so when I got up and I told him, I said, I'm going to send that seed to him and everything. And so while I was up there teaching, the Holy Ghost said, what you doing? I said, what? I said, well, Lord, I said, he said, oh, so he said, so you can allow 24 hours to go by and not grab a hold of spiritually what you heard, hoping it's still going to be available because delayed obedience is still disobedience. I said, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. He said, well, then you need to sow part of that seed in right now. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you what it was. But he did. He said something to me, and it caught me in my spirit. I said, ooh, yeah. I said, there's an anointing on him for that, Lord. He said, yeah. He said, what you going to do? I said, I need an impartation so that I can go implement. See, see, the first thing you need to understand, you must be instructed first. And see, once you're instructed, then it can, the impartation can take place. But the church has gotten it so backwards because we like to preach at people so much that we keep trying to impart into them, but they don't have instruction on what to do with what's been imparted in them. So they leave on a high and don't know what to do with the high. So when the problem comes, the high gone, and now they're going, like, well, I don't know what to do. So I get instructed. Then I receive the impartation. And then watch this. The next thing that he does, he says, now I need to implement this into your life. Implementation. The world pays thousands of dollars a year for implementation managers. That means to take the process that has been taught it and take the one that has been imparted and now learn how to put it into your life because it may be different for you than it is for you. Tell your neighbor, say, implement it. All right, so now I'm doing this. I'm doing it every day. I'm doing it every day. Then I go to $2.39. Then I got to where I was sowing $20 to him. Then I got to where I was giving $50 to him. And then all of a sudden I heard the Lord say, stop saying giving. He said, because that gives the impression that you lost something. He says, now you need to make sure that every time you release that you're sowing. He said, because sowers have a different expectation on receiving than those who are takers. And I kept doing it. And so all of a sudden, I'm, I'm teaching at another man's church. I was not a pastor yet. I'm at the pulpit, and it's a sunny day. This church is a little larger uh, than this 10,000-seat facility in the back. And so I see the door open, and the light came in and hit this man's suit, and it sparkled. And it caught my attention, even though I'm teaching. It's like, oh, my God, what kind of suit is that? And so, you know, it just, just caught my I mean, I like nice stuff. Look, when you ain't had nothing, you know, okay, praise the Lord. You, you know, <laughs> praise God. I was like, and so all of a sudden, it keeps me walking. And I see him again. I said, man. And every time the light would hit it, it would sparkle. I said, and so all of a sudden, I saw him, and he came over right in the front. 
And the first thing I said, he don't know protocol because I'm up teaching. He in the front. And he speak to this guy sitting right here. The pastor was right there. Then he come up and he spoke something in the ear of this guy. I'm like, is this man really going to sit around here and walk and talk to everybody in the front? Ain't nobody saying that to him. <laughs> Ushers ain't grabbing him. I mean, come on now. I mean, y'all supposed to throw him to the floor or something, drag him out. <laughs> I mean, I'm teaching. Right. Walking through, walking through. Turn to 1 Kings 17. We're getting ready to go home. Amen. Hallelujah. Guys, go to the one that has the listing that says promise prophet. It's like five P's up there, okay? And so all of a sudden, I see it. I see it. He talks to five people. He talks to five people. And at the end of service, um, I'm talking to pastor. I said, pastor, I said, man, who's that guy that kept walking in front of everybody and, you know, talking to folks when I teach him? He's like, what are you talking about? I said, you didn't see the guy? Well, I said, he did it for like five minutes. He's running everybody. He said, Sean, what good plan? I said, look, <laughs> look now, I ain't blind. I said, this man had on a dark-looking suit, had like these gold-looking streaks through it and everything. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, come back a little later, and I'm asking the Lord. I said, Lord God, who was this man? And the Lord says, he was your prosperity angel. Hold on, I got scripture. So you just, yeah, 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 yeah. I got scripture. I said, my what? He says, your prosperity angel. So two days later, I come back, and I'm with the pastor. He wanted to give me an honorarium because he didn't give me anything. I, I wasn't pastoring. I, had, I wasn't licensed or anything, but he asked me to teach. He said he knew God had a call on my life. And so he let me talk to his church. And he said, Shaw, he said, I, I wanted to give you this honorarium on Sunday. He said, but my board didn't want to approve it because you want a minister. Oh, I said, okay. I said, look, before we finish, I said, who was the man that was talking to these five people in the front? He said, Shaw, wait a minute, who did he talk to? And so I told him where they were sitting. He said, oh, my God. I said, what? He said, those are the five people who didn't want to pay you. Wow. I said, what? He said, no, there's no. He said, there was nobody. I'm telling you. I said, I saw this man. He talked. So I go home, and I'm praying. And I'm actually, Lord, the Lord says, when people don't want to give to you, that angel speaks into their ear, causing them to release what I've already given that they're trying to hold up. There's no longer in the heavenlies. It's sitting in the earth realm, but it's stuck, so it needs some momentum to, mm, to get it moving. Right. But wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The Bible tells me that the spirit and the word agree. So now I got a spiritual information that I don't have a word confirmation. So I put it in a holding pattern because anybody that goes to a good church with a good pastor tell you not to go on aisle 14 looking for a prophetic word from somebody who's on the fruitcake, fruit lake aisle. I need a scripture. Well, I'm just being honest with you, okay? And the Lord took me to 2 Kings chapter 8. We're going to go there in a second, but I'm going to show you the process of why. He says, what you saw was gold because he is a solid gold angel for every person. And, the, and, and what I overlaid him in to send him into the earth was having a hard time holding it. So when you saw those sparkles, it was that gold light trying to pop out of it. See, I'm stretching you now. Yeah. I said, Lord, I need a scripture. Second Kings chapter eight. And this is what he said. He says, he has an assignment to recover anything that's been lost or stolen from you. He has an assignment to recover anything that's been lost or stolen. Second Kings chapter eight. We're going there in a second, but I need to hit this up real quick. I need you to see 
the importance and why you sow to your man of God. Can I, I want to close with this. I'm going to close. Second Kings chapter 8. I'm going to show it to you in a second, but I need you to see this, okay? The Lord told me, he said, you keep sowing to Pastor Ron and I'm going to bless you. I said, Lord, what am I doing when I do this? He says, you are activating a principle that I've already given to the fivefold. He says, because I said, you need to understand, that not only are your instruction of increase, your apostle of abundance, your prophet of prosperity, your master and teacher of your money, they are also the ones that hold part of the grace that I put part of your abundance in them. That's why it can come out their mouth. Because the Bible says that if you believe your prophet, that you will. So he says it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, but what comes. So if he can bring money out, if somebody had to put it in. I'm just saying that's where I read my Bible. First Kings 17. I'm going to show you this process. And if you look on the board there, you're going to see that I laid out a couple of key significant things there. Okay. Just, so just hang with me. Amen? I mean, you ain't going to do them to go home and watch reruns of Gunsmoke anyway. Amen? Okay? Hallelujah. Miss Kitty's still going to be there, so you're going to be all right. First Kings chapter 8, let's read it with me, and then I'm going to show you the, the principle here. The Lord showed this to me in the Word, and then the Lord told me, he said, you got to stop making assumptions based off what other people teach. And so... I read it, and it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, verse 8, verse 8, belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, jumped all the way down. It says in verse 11, And as he was going to eat to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand, verse 12. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And I see I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and pair it for me, for myself, and my son. Say two people that we may eat it and die, say expectation. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Afterward, make some for yourself and your son. And then the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Here's the problem with this, this lesson. Most pastors and ministers around the world have taught us that he gave, she gave that one cake and all of a sudden, the bin and everything just ran over. That's not what that scripture said. Let's start with the basics and follow with me. Just keep that up there, guys. Keep that up there because I want you to follow with me. Number one, the promise. Who was the promise given to? It wasn't the woman. The promise was given to the prophet. I have commanded someone to take care of you. How she become a part of it? Say her seed. Who? Wait, come on, don't, don't lose this. Don't lose this. Don't lose this. Who was the promise given to? So in other words, the promise of increase in dry season was given to the prophet. So the prophet becomes the conduit to solve the problem. Hold on. But the protocol, what's the protocol? Serve the prophet. Serve the prophet. How often? Every day. The only way that this works is the prophet has to get his cake first before your, Come on. your house can eat. All right. See, see, yeah, see, I, I already know. But see, Fidelity taking all your money, you ain't asking any questions, and I'm trying to help you so you can keep it. Yeah, go back and read your perspectives. There's about 10 lists of fees in there you're paying you don't even realize. 
<laughs> no. And then when they don't work, they be like, you know, I'm sorry, it wasn't a good year. What do you mean it wasn't a good year? Okay, no. All right, now watch this. Promise given to the prophet. The prophet becomes the conduit. The problem, she doesn't have enough. The protocol, if you present a portion first to the prophet and do, watch this, the process is the daily regimented discipline to engage into the protocol that has been set by God so that you can access the promise that wasn't even given to you. So in my church, we started electronically doing daily seed. Watch this, because I know how people are. I said, start with $1. That's what I did. Because I don't want them to think I'm trying to get their money. $1, do it for seven days, believe God each day for a harvest greater than the dollar you sowed. If you don't get it, stop. How are you going to do that? Because I got confidence in God. I'm like the prophet saying, put more water in it because I know the fire coming. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. That was, a, I got it. Mm, yeah, okay. That was a little, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. I was getting a little arrogant there. Okay, now, watch this. I keep doing that every day. I keep doing that every day. And all of a sudden now I get to a point where I have enough now I can sow beyond the need. This is a 24-hour, listen to me, this will never produce a harvest that you will pass on to generations, but it will produce a harvest to sustain you and create the next seed for you. And if you're not disciplined with it, you're going to find yourself right back in the same crisis. Your prophet is a conduit to a promise of increase that you have not even begun to imagine. I have people that have moved to $10 a day, $20 a day. I got people that have just gotten promotions out of nowhere all of a sudden, but it came out the spirit realm. But what, how many of you have lost something? I know Detroit going through some stuff, Flynn as well. Tell your neighbor said, I'm ready for my recovery. You can't claim a recovery on a seed you didn't sow. And you didn't sow if you haven't tithed. I didn't make up the rules. When you get to heaven, you and God can fight about it. That's up to you. But I'm just trying to tell you what the protocol is. This daily seed I have used now for over 12 years in my life, it works. If I all of a sudden I find myself in a financial crisis and the enemy's trying to attack, I start it back up. Sometimes I do it for 60 days. Sometimes I do it for 90 days. And I'm daily, and I'm sowing into my shepherd. Pastor Bill Winston is my pastor, my shepherd. That's who I'm licensed and ordained with. And every day, I'm online. I sow that seed. Every day, I'm sowing that seed. Every day, I'm sowing that seed. And watch this. With an expectation of my harvest that day. No, no, no. no. See, listen to me. Because most people are pretty decent at sowing. They just pour at reaping. Because it requires you, number one, to be able to discern the difference between the seed that you're supposed to plant and the bread you're supposed to eat. Because you get so used to being full, you don't understand what it means to just be satisfied. That's Ruth chapter 2. I don't have time to go into that. And once I learn how, my confidence builds that I can sow with an expectation, knowing that the ground knows what to do with the seed. But tell your neighbors, I need my recovery. Second Kings chapter 8, and we're going home. You're going to shout over this. <laughs> Every time I read this thing, I get excited. Second Kings chapter 8. Your neighbor to God as a healer. Amen. Second Kings chapter 8. Hey, I didn't get a chance to go to 1 Kings chapter 10. I was going to show you the benefit 
of royalty and why we give to the to the royal. So next time I come back, I'll talk to you about that. All right. All right, let's keep let's 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 start reading. I'm gonna skip through some of it. Verse one, then Elijah spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go you and your household and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. Tell your neighbors to advance knowledge. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and according to the saying of the man of God, according to the saying of the man of God. Stop saying your pastor don't know what he's talking about. Because you're insulting God Himself when you say it. Let me let me let me help you here. See, the problem you have is that you don't know how to discern the difference between the man and the anointing that sits upon the man that also interacts with the spirit within the man. Because there's a difference of the empowerment. Because see, David the man may not know, but the spirit upon him has been here since he breathed the planet into existence. So he was around when everybody else went through the same problem. So he's been around to see God solve it. So when you have a problem, the man is not answering you. It's the anointing on the man, connecting with the spirit in the man, based upon the grace released by him for you. And you're insulting God when you say stuff like that. Talking about you in faith. You ain't in faith. You just... Watch this, though. It says, verse 3, it came to pass at the end of seven years. She's lost seven years worth. Everybody agree? Anybody in the house has lost anything? Listen to me. I'm not only getting ready to make a declaration. I'm finna release a prophetic anointing to position you, listen to the statement clearly, for you to receive if you will submit and obey. Every prophecy still requires faith, has to be based upon the word of God, should be based upon two or three scriptures, because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Every time when you do it, at least one of those scriptures should be upon the new covenant, which you are part of. That's just good. I like to say that anytime I'm going to release something prophetically. Amen? Okay. It says, and it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi, and he explained everything of who she was and what all had been done, and how her, her son life had come back. Verse 6, and when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a certain officer to her. And that's when the Lord says, that's your prosperity angel. He's been appointed by me. Okay, okay. What's he appointed to do, Lord? Restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land unto now. Ha! See, I, I, I've, had, I've had pastors come tell me, I ain't got no Bible saying nothing about no prosperity angel. God is the king. He assigned Three, see the three separate orders of angels. They were under a hierarchy because it operates just like the military does. So God, the Father, and then over here you have Gabriel, you have Michael, and you had Lucifer. They were in three segments of orders of ranks. One was a messenger, the other one were warriors, and then the ones were praising worshipers. So when the praising worshipers got to acting up, he sent them away. All of those angels did not disobey God; they just followed the order of the head angel that was over them. That's why they're always looking for a body. 
So now you have two sets left. You have the ones of Gabriel who are now giving the voice. That's who we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 30 through 35, that's talking to the, uh, Mary. And then we have the other ones who are warriors. You're going to see them in, in Michael at the end. So what God did was God appointed somebody with force out of Michael's authority, go get the wealth that belonged to them that they lost for seven years with interest. The seed comes from the source given to the sower who must discern the soil but must operate in submission. I give seed to the sower. Mark chapter 4, verse 28 says that I must be able to trust that once I put it into the ground, that it knows what to do, even though I don't, that it's going to produce. The worst thing ever is to take a gift and not receive it. Don't eat everything that comes into you. Your job will never, ever get you to the level God called you to. And no doctor ever healed you. The enemy attacked my pancreas last year to the point to where I was in Miami driving to a client site, passed out on the highway, and I couldn't read the sign. I thought, man, I must be going faster than I thought it was. Because that's possible sometimes. Amen. Y'all pray for me for that. Amen. <laughs> hey, that's why I like Motor City. I love all eight cylinders. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Me and my bi-turbo, we get along well. Amen. And I said, I knew where I was going. It was late at night, and there wasn't a lot of cars on the highway, and I passed another exit going up 95. And I go, wait a minute. I said, did I pass that sign too and then read it? I get home. I'm on the flight, and all kind of stuff just going on. I mean, I'm overly thirsty. I seem like I'm not feeling well. And I've been going through it for a couple of weeks, and I finally, you know, just went to the doctor because when I get there, he tells me, he said, uh, I went to the urgent care clinic. It's like 930 at night, Friday night when I got home. And the lady coming in, she said, oh, my God, you, you're not 400 pounds. I said, what are you talking about? So she leaves out. The doctor comes in. He goes, you're not overweight. Okay. You go to the gym? I say, every day. What do you eat? And I tell them, they're going to eat right. They go, your sugar level is almost 700. I said, okay. He's like, no, you shouldn't be walking. I said, well, I, okay, that's fine. I said, I can't see. What's going on? He said, of course you can't see. I said, what are you talking about? He said, the sugar messing with your eyesight. Well, I never had anything like that happen with me. I mean, because I walk in divine health. I mean, I truly do believe that God is my healer at all times. I take three daily portions of the gospel every day. Amen. So I go to my doctor, and, and so the guy told me, he said, you probably got type 2. You know, that's the normal one everybody gets. They get him when they get older and everything like that. I said, I don't get older. I say, amen. I say, I'm progressing. Get to my doctor. My doctor comes back. He says, there's something going on. I said, why? He said, you don't have type 2. You have type 1. I said, look, all I know is I need some glasses or something to get through this thing. It was so bad that when I first went to go get a pair of eyeglasses, they gave me the stronger ones they had, and I still had to have a magnifying glass with it just to see. And... They gave, and I don't wear glasses often, so maybe this means something, but my sight was at 6.75 in both eyes. And the lady started telling me over and over and over, you're going to have to wear these all the rest of your life, all the rest of your life, all the rest of your life. I said, God, I don't receive that. I said, I got to live to 120. The last thing I'm going to be doing is walking around with glasses on. 
nothing wrong with it. Hey, some people think they look cute and everything and all that kind of stuff. Hey, I ain't trying to be fashionable. Amen. All right, because God had already healed me once. I wore glasses when I was a kid. God healed me, and that's how I got to go to sniper school. 2020 vision. So the devil ain't about to take the gift back that God gave to me. I went, go through, get away my insurance card, and then when I come out and you know, get ready to go buy the glasses, $842. So I asked the lady this by faith. Because, see, this is not just money. And money is the lowest level of anointing. That's why Satan operates in it. Stop getting offended over something at the lowest level. I go in, she examines me. She said, Mr. Shaw, you're going to have to wait every day. I said, well, look, I need to come back next week and get you to check them again. She's like, look, she said, ain't going to change in a week. I said, if I come back, will you check them? She said, sure. She's just kind of, you know. So I go back in, check my, she's at 6.75, hadn't changed. I said, okay, I'll see you next week. She said, Mr. Shaw, you just got to learn to accept. That's a fact. The truth says that by his stripes I'm healed. He was bruised for my iniquity. Chastisement of his peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. I go back the next week. I said, hey, these glasses you gave me, they're looking kind of strange. She said, what are you talking about? I said, they're blurry. She said, okay, sit down in the chair and everything. She said, check my glasses. She said, wait a minute, let me get your chart. She gets the chart, come back. She goes, this thing says 4.5. She said, weren't you 6.7? I said, hey, I don't know what you said. I ain't claiming none of those numbers. I mean, I'm just, that's what I said to her. She said, well, you might have to go get another pair of glasses. I said, another $800? I said, so I was like, okay. So what I did was I, I took another pair that I got from Walgreens and mixed them with another pair. So I had two pair on my head. If you, matter of fact, if you go out and look on some of my videos, you'll see it. I had two pair of glasses on for one time. And then the Lord told me, God says, you, you keep playing with this thing, and Satan's going to make this thing permanent. He says, make it a daily regiment and deal with it like it's combat. He said, because faith is a contact sport, and you playing around with it like it's patty cake. And I, and I ended up writing a book out of it called My Daily Prescription. And we brought them last year. We didn't even bring any this year with us. But I started reading it every day, three times a day, every healing scripture. And one of the main ones was Nahum 1 and 9, 1 and 6. And this shall never return to me again. I just kept doing it over and over and over. You said, Pastor, did it work? Yeah, because these came from Dollar Tree and they're 1.5. By December 31st, they're going to be gone. Pastor, I thought you said faith is now. Hey, that's what my faith is. Why are you judging me? I ain't paying no, all my bills paid. Why? Because I worked the regiment on it. I got confidence in it. I got built up. This healing thing, I had, I had to go back and reassess myself. I had, No, you didn't hear that. I had to go and reassess myself. My faith was not at the level I thought it was because it's like a coat sitting on the table with no top. It looks like it, a regular coat, but it doesn't have the same fizz. And faith is meant to be daily. You can't get a breakthrough on faith from 98. One point five. And I bought them at the drugstore. And by December 31st, they're gone. In Jesus' name. I have just imparted into you instruction. You now have to choose the implementation. And then you have to choose to integrate it into your life. And then you have to make a decision to change. Church is not just a pop in, pop out. It's an instructional place, listen to me, 
for warfare until he returns. Obtain it, manage it, and occupy until he comes. It's a battle. And stop letting the devil take your stuff and you don't reclaim it back. Anybody here looking for a job? Anybody? New seed plant? Every day you need to get up, drive to the new place where you desire to work, walk around it, lay claim to it, then go to work. I've done it multiple times. God has doubled me. I don't even have time to go through all the testimonies. I went from making $10 an hour to over 80000 a year in less than a year. I've been a senior executive at three of the top Fortune 100 technology companies. I manage a team right now on an account that's over multiple billions of dollars across the globe. I manage a team in the Americas, in EMEA, and APJ. I have folks that work for me in London, in Paris, in Tokyo, in Sydney, Australia, and in almost every city in the U.S. And I'm and I get paid to solve problems for Fair Rock. And every time I get a problem too big for me, I go here and I trust God to solve it. Every pay raise I have ever received is because I use the word to solve the problem. Stop separating church from your everyday life. The just shall live by their faith. Father, we thank you for the word that it falls on good ground for the impartation of the blessing of grace that has been released in this house. Lord, sustain them, refresh them for staying late. Encourage and empower them, Lord God, that they may be ready and equipped to deal with anything that comes against them. Greater is he that is in them. Now, God, give them an ability to see the grapes beyond the giants, the fourth man beyond the flames. Empower them to see who you've called them to be. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> formerly busted, previously disgusted, picture of the Red Sea, autograph of the wilderness, but living in your new house in the promised land. That's who you are from this day forward in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Did not our hearts burn within us? as he spoke to us, by the way. Pastor Shaw is a real gift. These aren't, these aren't just, listen,